Hello and welcome to Grass Matters, the Great Southern podcast, available from 2pm every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, you might have noticed that our audio quality has been a bit of a struggle today, and you won't be surprised that in this COVID time, we really need to be just doing our best, and we certainly are doing that, and we're trying to bring you the best possible quality every week in our podcast. It does vary a bit due to uh, the regional location of some of our guests, but rest assured that we are going to do our best for you and continue to do so. My name's James Fremantle. I'm your host for the day, and my guest today is Richard Apps of ArmTech. Uh, welcome to the show, Richard. Thanks, James. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, our paths have crossed previously when I worked on Feedback TV with MLA. You, you had a long history at MLA. Yes, James, I've been with MLA for uh, about 18 years now across a range of roles and uh, my current role is uh, managing the Objective Measurement Program and uh, the ArmTech program that you introduced, the Advanced Livestock Measurement Technologies Program, uh, fits within into that uh, broader uh, Objective Measurement Program for Meat and Livestock Australia. Yeah, thanks for uh, explaining the acronym, Richard. Uh, and it, uh, as I understand it, ArmTech, is across beef and lamb, and it, its its aim is to give us a much enhanced MSA grading scenario. Is that right? That that's part of it, same James. So, so Armtech is a is a collaborative research program. Um, we uh, were fortunate to secure two rounds of funding under the federal government's rural R and D for profit program, and uh, in partnership with uh, other RDCs, uh, Australian Meat Processor Corporation. And also Australian Pork Limited, so we do a little bit of pork work in this as well. Um, and there's, uh, in addition to that, there's uh, 25 odd industry bodies from uh, processors to supermarkets to universities to state DPIs and uh, commercial technology providers that are, are partnered up to uh, to deliver the Armtech program over six years. Well, um, what are the key objectives of the program, Richard? So there are, uh, there are five streams or, or sub-programs within, within ArmTech, um, and so I might just go through those briefly, uh, and then we can delve into uh, any more detail on those as you'd like. Uh, the, the first of the programs uh, is focused on, on lean meat yield, and uh, I'm sure many of your listeners will be uh, familiar with uh, the dual energy X-ray or DEXA technology, and, uh, and quite a few of the, uh, the great southern lambs come through uh, come through that equipment at the moment so uh, they will in the near future uh, hopefully be starting to see some uh, some yield feedback out of that the second program of work focuses on eating quality so uh, ways to objectively measure existing grading characteristics that are already in the osmeat language but also introducing uh, new characteristics and for example intramuscular fat um, which will be very important for the, the prime lamb industry the third program of work is focused on uh, te technology to try and enhance the, uh, the accuracy of the grading of offals and uh, looking for defects. The fourth program of work is around how we bring these new data streams together and create more value for them, both up and down the value chain. And, and the fifth program of work is really focused on um, industry use of that data and tools such as our carcass value calculator, an optimization tool to uh, to put the uh, put the carcasses to the most uh, profitable market endpoints, for example. 
So there's a lot there to, to break down. So perhaps if we start with lean meat yield, what are you what are you doing there and what's been the impact at this point? So yield, if I, I just start at the higher level, James, in, in sort of simple terms we talk about, when we talk about carcass value, you can, um, and this is simplified, but you can you can break it down into two components. One is the yield of the carcass, so how much you've got to sell in terms of kilograms, and the other component is the eating quality of the carcass in the context of how you can, um, what value you can achieve from that, that product in the marketplace. So the, um, the, way, the, the, way I, the way I understand it, Richard, is that as we've increased our ability to produce higher yields in, in lean meat in lamb, um, our eating quality is, has declined. Is that right? That's correct, James. Yes, we, we know that um, there's an undesirable relationship between yield and eating quality in, uh, and that in, in lamb. The same applies to beef as well. Um, but the, uh, that's not a reason to, uh, you know, not to select for yield because we know that those relationships are not are not one-to-one and we know that they're within the genetics that exist in both lamb and beef populations, there are animals that uh, will give us above average yields and also above average eating quality. So that's part of our program is how we identify those animals and through feedback systems, etc., help the producers to produce those animals that are going to tick both those boxes uh, to create the, the most industry value. And, and you mentioned intramuscular fat. You, you're looking for a a more even distribution of intramuscular fat, aren't you, rather than um, your, your external fat? In terms of uh, in terms of the impact on eating quality, the, the intramuscular mm. fat or marbling, as um, beef, beef people will um, will be more familiar with it, um, and they're, they're a very similar thing. They're not technically exactly the same, but for a, a practical context, the listeners can can think of them as being uh, being pretty much one and the same. So it's. Uh, Intramuscular fat is, as an individual trait is one of the key influences of eating quality, so it's quite important for both the, the lamb and uh, and beef industries, and particularly where we uh, you know we look at higher quality brands that really need to uh, increase their value in the marketplace. Mm. And the, the the one of the steps that you mentioned too was that automating offal inspection, and 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 I'm a bit naive here, and this question will probably reflect that, but. It, is that in terms of um, is that important for the diagnosis of diseases in carcasses? Uh, yes, it is, and also in terms of that, um, those products actually being fit to stay in the in the human consumption chain. So, offal inspection, simplistically, um, is, is based initially on, on aqueous inspectors looking at that that offal as it comes along the, the conveyor and looking for abnormalities. They'll uh, palpate um, pieces that they uh, they feel need closer inspection, and then beyond that, they will also cut that uh, that product to further inspect it internally. So it's a that process is you know, it's it's a well developed process, but it's all done by, by humans. Um, so what we're looking at is can we combine an X-ray technology which will look inside the product because uh, the X-rays can you know, pass through the pass through the offal. And combine that with a with a, a high quality what we call a multispectral or hyperspectral camera, which uh, will then do detailed surface imaging, and essentially train those two views, the internal X-ray view and the external camera view, to identify things that are known conditions that uh, that inspectors are trying to pick up. 
Wow. And, and then the, the next thing that you mentioned was industry data, using data. And big data is certainly the way that, that industries across the board are going um, because of that, that power that it gives us to reduce the, the kind of generational time to make change, to implement change. Uh, is, is that your focus with use of data or, or is there a whole broad range of, of uses of data? Oh, there's a very broad range of uses of data, James, and um, and there's other work being done around uh, industry data systems and data integration that goes well beyond what the UMTEC program is doing. But essentially, we're looking at... Um, we create new devices, we get new measurements of existing characteristics that are more accurate, we get measurements of new characteristics. How do we feed that data down to down the chain through producers, but also up the chain through uh, through the brand holders, wholesalers, retailers, etc. So we make better decisions about uh, how we produce, how uh, how the, the product is processed, and how it is, is marketed. And in simple terms, you're sharing that data, the goal is about how do we create more value in the value chain to share across the participants. Mm. Richard, people listening to this, um, I, I think could be excused to think that you've spent your, your whole life in a in a science lab, um, but you, you you did you haven't you uh, grew up on a on a property in northern New South Wales. Can you give us a little bit of an indication about your background and, and, and what your passion is with agriculture? Certainly, James. That, that's correct. I do come off a, a family beef farm in northern New South Wales. It's a multi-generational business, which is still going. Um, and uh, in beef production, breeding, um, backgrounding and finishing. From there, I, I did a rural science degree at the University of New England, I then moved into uh, into beef genetic evaluation and some uh, breed society management roles. And uh, uh, following that, I uh, moved specifically into into northern Australia, developing a, a service called Tropical Beef Technology Services, which is around um, or focused on supporting the northern seed stock industry uh, in genetic evaluation. And that program uh, still runs today. I joined MLA about 18 years ago in the, in the land plan team and since then have uh, been through a number of roles in, uh, in the genetics area, in sheep research program management, uh, adoption for both beef and, uh, and sheep. The uh, Cooperative Research Centre was within my remit and, um, and currently I'm managing the Objective Measurement Program, which as I mentioned earlier, ArmTech is a major component of. Now, just so that people get a, a, a sense of uh, balance about your passions, Richard, you are a keen mountain biker, and I believe you've spent a lot of time on mountains all around Australia, uh, walking and riding on them. That's uh, that's correct, James. My younger boy um, got keen on mountain biking, and we spent a couple of years uh, with him competing on the national circuit. So, um, as a result, I thought I'd better have a ride as well. And um, and as you noted, uh, I uh, I've been on uh, most of the uh, national uh, race tracks uh, over the last couple of years, including the Commonwealth Games track at Narang. But um, in the interests of full honesty, I, uh, there's a fair few sections on those tracks I've walked both up and down that were well beyond my skills. 
Well, I really don't blame you. I, I, um, I've, I've popped a, um, a, a shoulder coming off a mountain bike, and uh, I don't mountain bike anymore. You must be a bit more resilient than I am. Maybe just uh, maybe just more conservative, James, because uh, it's <laughs> it's not due to skill. I can assure you. So you've come full circle. You, you're back on the Armadale University grounds uh, in the MLA offices with Armtech. And one of the R&D projects that sounds interesting to me is re- replacing uh, manual palpation. Uh, and it's a kind of handheld gun, as I understand, that, that gives a, a microwave measurement of fat depth. Is, is that right? Yes, that's one of the uh, one of the, the programs or projects within the Armtech program, James. Um, just to step back a little in the in the lamb industry, where, um, for instance, the majority of lambs in Australia have their their GR or their, their fat score done by manual palpation, so it's a hands-on estimate. Um, some processes have uh, adopted a GR knife, so they make a cut and measure with a ruler. And, um, and the lambs coming through the, the Great Southern Program uh, would be measured that way. And in the interest of trying to enhance that, one of the technologies we're testing is a is a custom-made um, handheld gun, in inverted commas, as you say, so it can be pushed up against the carcass. It's a, a microwave emitter, and uh, and we're trying to train that to uh, to measure that uh, that fat depth as an objective tool to take out the, the human uh, human element. It isn't uh, completed yet, but the progress is looking very positive at the moment. It sounds like an exciting area to be working. And um, how did the relationship from um, between Great Southern and Armtech begin, and where is it going? Well, I think um, at the higher level, the relationships in this area, a lot of them have come out of the... Um, a group called the Lamb Supply Chain Group, which was established in the uh, in the Sheep Cooperative Research Centre, and it's now rolled forward into into the Armtech program, and also been expanded so it includes uh, beef as, as well as as lamb. So there's a natural synergy there with the the team at Great Southern and uh, and the focus on the, of a brand such as that on on quality and the, and the quality aspect and the overall carcass value aspect. I guess to expand that even further of that that combination of of yield and eating quality that we can attract for our uh, lamb and beef products. People talk about artificial intelligence and the growing role of artificial intelligence. Is that the the sort of technology that you're using in some of the things like the uh, the Dexa, um, the the probe technology that technology that can can uh, look at a carcass photograph it, examine uh, or, or analyse it and then give you an immediate grade? Yes, that's uh, the concept that applies to a number of the technologies, James. It's how we we take measurements and then we, uh, as, our, as, our, as our calibration measurements, and then we take other measurements, whether it's with a with a camera or whether it's, uh, for instance, there's uh, two technologies being worked on that are probes that insert into the loin and use different imaging technologies. And the process in simple terms is how you convert those images into a measurement, for example, of intramuscular fat. Um, so it's a, it's a machine learning or, or artificial intelligence type process where 
you get lots of measurements that you know the answer for, and then you train the device to predict that uh, that known result. Yeah, got you. And, and as the as the market changes, the consumer market changes. Uh, does the data enable you to change the um, change the, the the carcass cuts that you that you take so that you're optimising to the market? Yes, but all sorts of decisions uh, are being made day to day now by by people with you know a lot of skills and experience, and uh, and there's a lot of I guess knowledge that uh, sits in in people's my heads, for want of a better phrase. Um, as we build better objective measurement systems, we we get data that becomes more reliable, so it's more repeatable, it more accurately and repeatably represents whatever it is we're measuring. And the better we understand the variation that exists, um, then the better we can make decisions, whether that's going back on farm and sending uh, good intelligence back to, to the genetic sector so that the bull and ram, ram breeding industry can uh, can respond and change the genetics, whether it's how the, the commercial producers then manage and bring those animals through, uh, through the processing and then it's also how the processor then decides to, to work with that particular body. And we uh, we see plenty of examples where you can have 30 or $40 difference in variation in, a, in, a, in an average sort of weight length because it's come through, uh, through a plant now. We see beef data that uh, shows us variation in, in vendor lines of steers, you know, plus or minus $300 the average, or, or plus or minus $300 on the, uh, the average of the mob is, is what the real variation in that carcass value is. So the better we can describe that, the better producers can produce better, the better processors can produce or process better, and the better we can place that market, in that lamb and beef into the most profitable markets. Yeah, so, so you see this work um, affecting the way that producers um, operate on a day-to-day basis. Is this something that is becoming more and more important to producers? So yes, this sort of data is definitely going to become more important right across the, the supply chain. So starting back with the uh, the ball and ram breeding side of the industry uh, that produces the genetics for our commercial industry, it's which genetics those producers use, it's then how they manage them and bring them forward to, uh, to processing. And then that data then also is very valuable to inform the processing sector about um, what the carcasses are. Uh, are like where they can place them into the most profitable markets and uh, and cut them appropriately, and also respond to consumer trends over time. Uh, and the better the data that's available to do that, the better all those sectors will be able to work. And I think it's one of the I guess the, the transformational challenges for industry to to continue to build a culture of how we collect and share that data, acknowledging there'll be some commercial sensitivities in places. But ultimately, we're all in the same value chain, and uh, the better we can make it work, the uh, the more profit there is for industry. Richard, what's the timeline on Armtech? Is is it funded indefinitely? Uh, unfortunately, it's not funded in, indefinitely, James. It's um, it's based on two rural R&D for profit grants. Um, the first grant was four years, and that's currently currently wrapping up as we speak. We're in the process of writing up our our final reports, and there will be uh, quite extensive uh, reporting on the science there that will be available in the pub for the public um, within the next couple of months. 
Uh, the second grant uh, actually overlaps with the first one and we've completed the first year of it and we have two to go. So in essence, we had seven years of grant funding squeezed into a six-year time frame. Oh, I see. And, and you've got, um, so f- as I understand from that, you've got a couple of years left. What do you hope to achieve in those two years? So the focus, uh, I guess, in terms James, is uh, the Armtech One or the first four-year program focused on development and testing new technologies and trying to calibrate them uh, and validate their accuracy and so forth to, to, to measure things that we're interested in in, in the make grading process um, and describing carcass value and so forth. The Armtech, the second Armtech program, has really changed the focus to rather than development, but to support adoption and commercialisation. So uh, we're really focused on looking to work with our commercial partners to uh, embed some of these technologies into their businesses, help them through that process to help develop the, the data value stories, how we use it and so forth. So it's really moving from the, the research to the uh, to the commercialisation phase is the, is the second phase of UNTEC. Richard, what's an example of some of the technology that, that you're working on that feedbacks, feeds back to producers so that they can make better decisions in the, in the management of their production? James, I think a good example um, for the beef side of things at the moment would be the, uh, the surface or ribeye grading cameras. Uh, your listeners will be well familiar with uh, the uh, MSA and, and osmic grading processes and um, we've got uh, five, five devices in various stages of work at the moment um, that use a camera to uh, uh, take a picture of the, the grading surface or the, the, the isle on the quarter site where the current um, graders grade under the Ausmead language and be able to take that from a, a human subjective score to an objective score on analysing that picture. And by doing that, we'll enhance the data that can then flow back to producers. For example, the Livestock Data Link program, which uh, which I know the great Southern listeners are, are able to access their feedback data through. So we'd feed that data in there they get uh, enhanced data to improve their on-farm decision-making processes. And in that process, there are various support mechanisms. I know the uh, the Great Southern Program has uh, educational programs to support their suppliers. And similarly, through uh, through Armtech, there are other programs that uh, are there to support producers in that decision-making. Terrific, Richard. Look, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, for for helping us to understand the Armtech project, what's been achieved in the last four years and, and what you're looking to achieve for the rest of that program. Uh, it's been good to have a chat. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, James, and uh, I hope the, uh, your listeners get something from it and, and no doubt um, our connection with the Armtech program. Um, we can certainly uh, look to keep those producers updated through those communication networks over time. Thanks very much, Richard. This has been Grass Matters, the Great Southern Podcast, which you can get from wherever you get your podcasts from Thursday every week. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Great Southern Family. I'm James Fremantle, and I look forward to speaking with you next time. See you later.